Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. I hope you're having a fabulous day. It has been a minute since I have been on because I just got back, took the red eye home this morning from LA because I was at Kathy Heller's mastermind event and it was, whew, big things are coming. And it was so exciting. And the other amazing thing that has happened in Kathy Heller's world is that we've met some of her amazing friends, which include the out of this world mompreneur we are about to talk to, Jenny Goldfarb. She has started a company called Unreal Deli, all while balancing three young girls on her hip. And she's been on Shark Tank. Like she is a boss and she actually was at the event on Monday, which was so fun to know that I was going to be talking with her today. We had had this scheduled for a little bit now since my last trip to LA a couple weeks ago. And it's just so exciting to meet somebody who's out in the world doing the work that she's doing at the level that she's doing it for the amount of time that she's been doing it. And she's still around for all the moments with her kids and has self-care time for herself. She is just such a rock star. And I am just so honored that we're going to get to chat with her. And the other exciting part is, you know how I am with my lives. I like to keep them shorter and to the point because you know how we are here on Instagram. However, This is just part one of our conversation because Jenny is going to be on the podcast next week. We are going to be recording tonight. Excited to continue our conversation and be able to expand it a bit more from this platform into the next. Jenny, I'm so excited to have you. So happy to be here. I'm great. How was your time in LA? Are you still here? No, I'm back now. I took the red eye. I got home this morning and... Yeah, it was. I mean, you know how it is. You're with you and Kathy are like just a dream team. When the two of you start talking, the energy it's just magic. And so, Mm. I'm so grateful to have you here to bring that magic to my community. Let's go, let's make some magic. (laughs) So good. Well, before we hop into it, I already did your intro, and but I just know that hearing it from the source and hearing Mm -hmm. like who you are, what you do, the mom and entrepreneur side of your life, one to two sentences, because we'll dive so much deeper in the podcast and everybody will listen to that. But awesome. just bring people up to speed on your three girls, your life, and your whole amazing Unreal Deli business. Thank you, Megan. Okay, cool. Real quick, elevator pitch. So uh, yeah. <laughs> about um, eight years ago, I became vegan for the animals after seeing what was going on to these sweetheart, innocent animals. And I started eating vegan with my family. And I realized at a certain point that I could not find a good deli sandwich to save my life because there was just no quality plant-based deli meat out there. I set out to recreate it. I did not think it would be a food business. I thought I'd just make it for my own family. Turns out I got pushed into renting a tiny commercial kitchen, selling it. Uh, Today we're in 3,500 doors, made a deal with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank in the middle of all of that. And uh, just really growing, 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 and uh, managing a business uh, and three children and uh, family and all of that good stuff. So just casual, like babies on the hip, making your Shark Tank deals. Like it's so impressive. And one of the first things I want us to hit on, and I know, like I said, we'll go deeper in the podcast over it, but I just thought it was so potent what you had said at the event on Monday, which was hearing a bit about your schedule. 
Yeah. That is one thing that mompreneurs ask all the time is like the, how do you do it? I've got young kids. I've got a three and a half year old and our daughter turns two tomorrow. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, always at the forefront of people's minds and your schedule just from the bit I've heard so far is you've got your boundaries set up, but yeah. you're still killing it and, and you're moving the needle forward in everything you do. So can you share a little bit about that of like running mil- a multi-million dollar business but still having time to be present. Yeah, so um, I'm usually up in the six o'clock hour, either from a child or my own whatever. And uh, and at that point, I'm, it's like family vibes until around eight when I also have a three and a half year old who gets shuffled off to school along with the big kids at different schools. And basically what happens is uh, I get to work, I sit down at my desk, which is in my home. We have a little test kitchen that we rent some office space, but I'm otherwise generally home. And I go really, really hard and strong until around one. Uh, Meaning to say, I'm like, I set up all of my like important meetings, I'm doing analytical stuff, I'm getting things off my to-do list, I'm sending emails. And I'm very serious about being in a state of joy. And if I'm not in some kind of state of joy, either from gratitude or being silly or just bringing myself into like a positive headspace, I like push back. I like almost don't even work because I realize that my work is not nearly as valuable. So I like get myself into like a positive headspace. I hit it hard until around one. Then at one o'clock thereabout, I never have anything on my, on my calendar from around 1245 to like two, because I take this lovely walk without a cell phone with my dog in my hilly neighborhood. This is my gym membership. This is my sanity. This is my meditation class, my breathing exercises, all in one walk. I'll go out when it's 105 degrees here in Woodland Hills, California. I'll go out when it's 37 degrees in December. And uh, I sometimes have water bottles strapped to my body or I'll sometimes have like super heavy jackets. Doesn't matter what the, I I go out in pouring rain even. And, uh, And I'll push myself to take this walk. And on this walk, this is when like all the real magic takes place. I clear my head. I mean, I can't say I'm like in the middle of like a high level of meditation because I'm still thinking about business stuff, who I want to write to, what I have to do. But I'm also like looking at the plants and I'm admiring my dog's little little wiggly tail and I'm just slowing it down. So when I come back from that walk every day after like a half hour, I have like all of my kind of like fun, creative, like loose type of time. So I'll have maybe like a marketing meeting or two, but I'm not doing any like heavy analytical stuff. And I'm mostly like just allowing myself to be free to like come up with like crazy ideas for sales emails. I'm like literally inviting my best thoughts to arrive in order to capitalize on all of the wondrous, joyous excitement of life and my business. And then by the time, uh, 3.34 rolls around, my kids come home, I help them with a snack, I keep working until five. Mm -hmm. And at five o'clock every day, I'm either in the swimming pool with them, or I'm downstairs, no screens, lounging around, looking at, you know, their ear and their this and that, and what they, whatever, like the wonder of young children, I'm really trying to be a little present in that. Um, I used to be a big cooker. I would cook like, you know, every day, a couple meals a day. Frankly, since I started a food business, there's more takeout than ever before. But uh, that's how it all rolls out. And then evening time, I have like a little time with my husband and, and then it's a new day. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I love that you brought it to, you're such a magician at the tactical, but also all of the energy because Mm -hmm. I think I from what I've heard you speak to and obviously Kathy's world you know it's 99% energy and and the 1% strategy and so to hear like 
we can all hear the, the schedules and that's so helpful to get a barometer, but it's the joy. It's the, when you said, I might need to do all of the, the hard, busy work in the morning, but if the joy isn't there, then you've got to get yourself into alignment. And so I'm curious when you started your business, it sounds like you've always been in this more spiritual space, but when you started and you went into Shark Tank, where were you at in your spiritual journey? For everybody who's maybe like me, type A perfectionist moving into the spiritual world, learning to be more feminine and less masculine, how long did that take you to really step into that fullness to then step into that abundance? Thank, good question, Megan. So uh, it's definitely been a part of my uh, identity for several years now. In fact, um, when I was in college, instead of like going out clubbing into bars, I was actually really into learning a lot of Jewish mysticism and spirituality to the point that when I graduated college, I had a really fancy job offer and I turned it down to spend a year living inner Torah mysticism in Jerusalem for a year. No so I did that when I was like 23. So that's some of the foundation stone to all of this. Like I have places that I can easily get back to with mantras or prayers or things I can think about that can uplift me. I have like a set of books right here on my shelf that are like the sweetest of the sweet. Like, uh, you know, you're, you crack it open within 45 seconds, your like heart is gladdened and you're uplifted from that. So, uh, so I've got my strategies. Doesn't mean to say that I'm not still thrown by all of the regular courses of the waves of this world, but I have strategies to get back to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's such a mic drop moment, what you said right there. If you have places and things that you know, like your own little word bank of places to go back to easily get back in the stream. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's so huge. And like, what a gift. Thank you for sharing that. Because Absolutely. I know before I got into this world of, of mindset that yeah. it was just linear, go, go, go all the time. What's the IPA? What's the needle moving activity? How do we get there? And it's, it's just fascinating for me to understand the balance of the two, because I know that that you also are all about getting things done, especially because oh, yeah. we're moms, we have the limited time and we want to go be present. We don't want to spend 90 hours a week moving the needle forward. We want to make the impact and be productive, but we want to be present as well. Mm -hmm. So I would love as we're kind of wrapping up this portion and, and we're going yeah. to so much and maybe later, Maybe later I'll break out a couple books in the, in the podcast and yes, share a couple so pieces. Cool. Great. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. But, but as we wrap it up, what would you say is like the one thing that helps you move the needle in terms of strategy that you're like, you make sure every day you get this done. I know you're big on like your calls and things like that, your sales calls and sending love to people on that list that you have. But is there one thing that you would maybe leave people with from the productive side of things to help them get things done? I mean, frankly, I really think that it all goes back to joy, that if you can get yourself into a joyous headspace, if you can like, and, and there are so many like simple strategies, like literally a five piece gratitude list. You're like, Boom, in one second, you're like, oh my God, I have water to drink that was just set up, that that's flowing into my home from like 20 different faucets at once. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, like you can trip yourself out on a very little thing and get yourself happy without a lot of, you know, tough negotiations. Mm -hmm. So if you can get yourself into that happy place through one of these many strategies, and then you go and you say, who do I want to email? Where could I see my product? Who would love this? And then you write that email from that place. 
it lands. Doesn't mean that you're necessarily closing every deal you send to, but maybe one out of 14 of those emails you send, someone feels something when they get that. I'm also big on, even though emails are so easy to send, making cold calls, like don't be afraid to pick up the phone. I did that in the earliest days of the business when I was trying to sell my vegan corned beef into local delis around LA. And I realized only in the last few weeks, like why am I not still deploying that same strategy? Because when you're in that joyous state, yeah, I do believe that some of it comes across an email, but how much more when you're hearing the voice and the enthusiasm and excitement. So, so I'm still all about the art of the cold call. Yeah. Well, and I love the audio messages. I mean, that's how we've, we connected. It's just like, so it's a beautiful part of technology. There's a lot of technology that takes the personal out of it, but anything where you can truly connect, I, I love that about you and, and that focus. Well, everybody's going to have to obviously listen to the podcast. It'll drop next week and we will get to go more in depth, but for people listening now, tell them about following you and finding more about Unreal Delhi and all of the things as they dip into your world a bit. Mm, thank you. So this is my little Mrs. Goldfarb handle being like the CEO of the business, but Unreal Delhi is the actual business handle. And unrealdeli.com is where you can see if our meats are in a store near you. All of our meats are made with whole vegetables and protein-rich grains and spices. So it's like legit real food. I was pregnant with my third child when I started the business. We'll talk about more of that later. Oh, so it had to be healthy. It couldn't just be mm -hmm. like Franken-meat just to not be an animal. It had to be like something yeah. like legit and good. Um, but yeah, uh, unrealdeli.com. You can see where we're at. We're probably in a store near you. Today we're in about 3,500 stores with more to come. And we also sell on the website. So uh yeah, that's where the so, meats can be found, and, and I'm here. It's so good, and I just love your intentionality and everything that you do. Like, as we, we're mostly vegan in our house, and yeah. To, yeah, to know when I go to pull the food that I, like, feel good about my kids eating it, and then I would eat it, too. It's not just the chicken nuggets I'm, thro chicken nuggets I'm throwing them. Totally. It's, it's something good. So you're oh, a rock star. I'm so grateful to hey, have you here. I cannot wait for later. us to talk more. And I like this, I hope like, you go enjoy I yeah, like how you set this up where like yeah. we get a little something and then we get legit later. Very cool. Yeah. It's All so right. good. Go Thank enjoy you. your walk. Go enjoy the rest of your productive morning and I'll see I you will. in a little bit. Awesome. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you so Jenny. much. See you later. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Jenny, I'm so excited to continue this conversation. I mean, you are just such a boss. Like I love using that word for you because it's just such an embodied truth. And what I'm really excited yeah. But I'm really excited about to go deeper into. I feel like we hit some of the high level stuff of your story on our live. Yep. But what I really want to go deeper into is this concept of mompreneurship. And I'd love to start off with like, why for you? What was your why in choosing this lifestyle that is not necessarily the easiest? In my opinion, it is one of the greatest gifts, not only for ourselves as the mom, but for our kids and our family. But I'm curious for you. Tell me about that evolution. Tell me about why. Yeah. So I feel like we always had this kind of like dream inside me to do something, to make some maybe kind of business. I had various ideas throughout the years. Even when I lived in New York, I was subletting my apartment and I realized the only way to do so was Craigslist. And I was like, there needs to be something for this. And I was starting to talk with friends. I was like 23. And I was like, uh, I had a name for it and it was as easy as APT. And then of course it became BNB. But anyway, like this was like, my mind was operating way back when always like wanting to hop the next fun and exciting thing. So it's not so shocking that I like wanted to bring something into the world, but yeah, doing it in conjunction with three children and with no real background, being a bit of an accidental entrepreneur in the sense that I stumbled upon my thing. And then I said, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna run with this. 
So what does it look like, you know, on the day to day? Is that what you're wondering, Megan? Or where do you want to go with this right now? Yeah, no, I would just love to know, like, the catalyst to actually doing it. Because, like, I think there's so many different ways. There's so many different business models in a sense where I know you were trying a blog and you were doing the cookbook and you were doing programs and, and then you landed on the corned beef. But you, I don't know all the logistics of food. That's my mom's industry. But I know in theory, like, let's say you could have, you know, patented out and done a royalty, but you chose to do the business and you chose to do it while being a mom and, and wanting to be president. So I'm curious, like, what made it uh, the decision that mompreneurship was the, the route you wanted to go down? Well, frankly, I mean, you know, we uh, having just the recipe and then maybe a couple of delis liking it. You can't like sell that for anything major. Like there really isn't like a royalty and a recipe per se. So that's it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, get like four million this way or run a whole crazy thing. And folks are getting many times that. So that really wasn't exactly on the table. Also, it might have been like, right, sell it the royalty, whatever. Let's go back to uh the spa. But no, mm -hmm. um, so that wasn't an option. And frankly, I'm a little bit more of a hustler than that anyway. Maybe if it was an option, I still may have said, let's, mm -hmm. let's take the ball down the field a few more yards. That's what That was advice that was once given to me when I thought about raising money kind of early on before Shark Tank. I was considering maybe we do some raise or only in a couple of delis. I mean, it was like we would have gotten like crushed on the valuation, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's be able to just run the business. That was like a thought at one point. And then it occurred to me with getting advice from key people that like, take that ball down the field, keep doing it yourself, do it yourself as long as you can do it yourself. Um, and then when you can't do it yourself, start hiring the first person and the next person and, and grow it organically with still like a bootstrappy mentality. I feel like there's something about being a mom and being a woman that like, like first, like we almost know how to bootstrap because we know how to run a family and how to be efficient mm -hmm. with things. And like, Never pay retail, maybe. I mean, at least that's in my blood. So uh, mm -hmm. yes. I, I feel like there was like already like kind of um, some sense of how to like, you know, juggle the bank account while trying to grow at the same time a little bit. And then certainly there came a point that like some money needed to come in. Fortunately, that coincided with Shark Tank. Had it not been that we got on the show or got a deal at that point, we probably would have raised some money regardless. Mm -hmm. um, but we were able to go off that first Shark Tank investment for like two years. Um, and so that was like a huge blessing. And then Mark Cuban actually invested again and we got some other investor money. But um, but yeah, like growing this thing as big as I can, you know, and then sell it or go public with it or talk about that later, you know. But mm -hmm. but the real joy is in getting to like see this baby come to life, having hands on it, showing up in all these meetings, you know, the harder stuff too, that isn't just like the fun sitting here on a Zoom call, but like where I'm in the factory and in the balance sheets and like in the dregs of like the not fun stuff. It's part of it too. And and every little piece, you just learn it on the job. I remember when I had my first ever job um, for this uh, online newsletter and I was supposed to do sales and it was in DC. I was about to graduate college, my last year of college. And I remember the night before I, it was my first day at work, I called my dad and I go, are they going to realize that I don't know how to do anything? Like I literally, and my dad goes, hey, they're not going to ask you to build a bomb. You're going to go in. You're going to set up your voicemail. They're going to tell you what to do next. So look, in the business, they don't tell you what to do next. You got to figure it out. But so too, you're still not building a bomb. You're figuring it out. Like I remember there was a time where we, we were starting to get into a couple delis. But then one deli owner said to me, you do have food liability insurance, don't you? And I never heard those words before in my life. 
So I was like, of course, we got it all set up. You know, I'm like, yeah, we're cool. And meanwhile, I'm like Googling it like under the deli table to try and, you know, learn every bit on the job. So, yeah, you know, with a lot of, uh, you know, joy and enthusiasm and willingness to learn, that's kind of like, you know, the, the stepping stones to uh, mm -hmm. raising it yourself, maybe. And, and, yeah. and then being calm is like a whole nother thing, you know, when you add that on top. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love how you said like, well, maybe I would have sold it and gone to a spa. And knowing you just from what I know, I was like, no, you would never. And I love how you said that too. You, you, I think that's something that us mompreneurs have is like, we have what I like to talk about, like legacy and vision and mission and why this guiding right. compass that it's, it's bigger. Yeah. It's bigger than just yeah. one smaller aspect. And you've already scaled it so large to, to show that. Um, so I'm going to background. Oh. But Mom, I'm at home, which is the best, yes. which is how we can be mompreneurs. So dogs bark. And we're just lucky that there's no baby screaming on my lap. <laughs> exactly. I know. My, I left my monitor. Uh, please. Yeah, I'm not concerned at all. I left my monitor in the other room because I was like, I just hope no kid screams. Well, Yikes. Yes, let's hope that. Money. Yeah. Okay. No, it's all good. Um, but no, I just I, I love hearing that, especially because you are just like, you know, light years ahead of some of us that are are in this space. And to know that it it all comes back to like we have a bigger purpose and i think that's such an important conversation especially for moms to have because it's not just that we're women who need to take a leadership role but we're every single day day in and day out modeling for the next generation we're helping form it and i'm really curious like i know a bit of your story of that you said your your grandfather had his own deli correct so yeah. there's some entrepreneurialism in your family. I'm a third generation mompreneur. Almost everybody owns their own yeah. business in my family. So that's obviously a catalyst for me starting my own business. Yeah. And I'm curious with that background, helping you start your own thing, but also knowing you've got kids, yeah. how does that play into to your role as a mompreneur? Like what are some things that you think about because of your business and, and that you work into your business because your mom side is so important too? Yeah. So, uh, look, I, you know, I have this very like beautiful, authentic story. It's a little bit happenstance. Like my great grandpa escaped persecution, came to this country, had, didn't speak the language, didn't have any money and didn't have his parents with him. He was like 13 years old. I think he had two brothers with him on the ship. Like to me, that's the story. This is the footnote. But anyway, yeah. in this country, his first job was a, as a dishwasher in a deli. Cause that's all that that's mm -hmm. like best job he could get. And he worked his way up like a classic American dream to owning and operating like five or six delis and cafeterias throughout the Lower East Side in Brooklyn in like the 40s and 50s. Um, but then my grandpa and dad took like regular business routes. But uh, I we did eat a lot of good deli growing up. And so it's a very, just a very sweet part, throwback part of the story. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, so then I've you know, taken on this business and this big identity as Mrs. Goldfarb. And my kids know that there's like packaging that comes through the house that has my picture on the back okay. of it. Even like my three-year-old is pretty aware of that at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at the same time, you know, there's still like, it's not like I get any one ounce of more respect around here. It's just, that, uh, mom, it's just that like, of course, moms can do something completely cool. Uh, mm -hmm. actually our mutual friend, Kathy once got me a shirt that said women can do anything. And it was like, you know what? I love that you got this for me, but I kind of hate this shirt because I feel like, why are we even 
saying that. Yes. So, oh, shouldn't yes. that just be a safe? We're not saying it. Then we'll, it's mm-hmm. just understood. So mm-hmm. um, I think around these parts, it's just understood that mm-hmm. women can have way more serious jobs than men, do the most important jobs in the world, run awesome businesses, live their dreams, be home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that all of these things are coalescing at this incredible time for women, for mothers, for entrepreneurs. So, uh, and I literally uh, started this business in my bedroom, which I'm still in right now. Like, I share that as a point of inspiration. I have a kind of large bedroom and it has a very pretty view, but it's got like this area on the side. And this is where I have like my whole desk set up. So, a couple of days a week, is, sometimes I'm in our test kitchen with my team. <laughs> the majority of time, I'm in sitting in my bedroom, my commute is like four paces. I'm sitting here having calls. My kids can grab me, you know, if they need mm-hmm. me. Hopefully not. But uh, but yeah, this is how like anyone with an with a Wi-Fi connection can start a business. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I and I love what you're saying in how you're modeling for your girls is just saying that this is our normal. Like there's, we don't even need to have a conversation around it other than just you showing up and showing that this is what we do. Of course we have a huge passion. Yeah. Right. Like this is just it. And, and I also want to make a point too, when you said that, that happenstance is that your grandfather worked his way up in the deli business and now that's what you do. And thanks to Kathy, I feel like I just no longer believe in coincidences. And so I just, I do think that's such a cool part. And my dad has said that a lot to me recently as as I've been leaning more into, I had a different business prior to this. I was a personal stylist for over 10 years. Oh, and right. and then I've leaned more into the mompreneur side. And he's like, well, you know, that's just part of your story. But that's not like, is that really it? Is that the essence? He's he's more like spiritual yeah. in that way. Yeah. I'm like, but it is a part of the story. You know, I, I don't think it's happenstance that we come from such an entrepreneurial sure, family. Sure. And, and frankly, I don't either. I'm just trying to say yeah. that like, you could have a loose association and then it's somehow part of your story and it's beautiful too. Right. But it's so mm-hmm. much that I believe in what you're saying that when I was on that stage of Shark Tank, I said, oh, my mm-hmm. great grandpa came from Romania and he works in the deli business. And Mark Cuban goes, so did mine. So did my, one of my great grandparents. So I learned a lot of Kabbalah, like our mutual friend, Kathy. And in Kabbalah, you learn, we learn that, uh, that the souls that like we fully believe in reincarnation and that there's mm-hmm. a lot on this. And that one kind of like storyline of what will sometimes happen is that a soul, like one person needs to like pay someone back a favor or, mm-hmm. or do something that like, and then it has to play out lifetimes later for it to happen because the people are too stubborn or something doesn't work or someone has to leave the cut, you know, but mm-hmm. they have to come back. So I had this thought that like, maybe Mark and I have to play this history. Decades old drama, you know, lifetimes old drama out on the stage of Shark Tank to pay someone back a favor. So, mm-hmm. so much that I, I don't that. in half the sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love that part of your story. And I want to dive into Shark Tank too, because okay. it's something that is so iconic. Everybody knows what it is. You know, I'm sure a lot of people dream about that next step in, in that right. bigger stage. And yes. And I also saw a really interesting post on your Instagram comparing motherhood and Shark Tank and the advice that you're given. And I would love for you to share that advice if, if you don't mind and totally. and then play that out of like when you were standing on that stage and and just kind of some maybe some takeaways that 
Shark Tank in a big stage like that. Yeah, let me let me share that bit. So uh, right before you actually have your tape day, you go in for like a pre-day. You're like mm-hmm. on the Sony studio lot. You're not meeting with the sharks. They actually really know nothing about you when you walk out on that stage. But you're meeting the executive producer, a whole bunch of lawyers, the director, and uh, you're giving your pitch over to them. And they're like maybe mm-hmm. giving you notes or making sure everything's good. And on that day, you meet a bunch of other entrepreneurs. So I met this guy who had some like wacky company because everyone there is like a bit of a colorful character and everyone has like a great personality is very interesting and whatever so uh so you're meeting all these different entrepreneurs i meet this gentleman who uh he had his tape day right before mine and so i said can i call you up will you tell me you know because we, we had our pre-day together but then he was taping a couple of days later i was like a week later i said can, will you tell me everything and he said, yeah, he's like, I signed the thousand waivers that I wouldn't tell like the world at large, but I don't think there's anything right. about other contestants. So, okay, sure. So uh, we get on the phone and I go, what do I got to do? What's, how does it go? What's it like? And he said to me, daddy, a mom, you know, I had, I actually, by the way, had a two and a half month old when I filmed mm-hmm. that episode um, and two older kids. And, uh, and he said to me, you're a mom. He goes, have your baby in your arms while she's crying. And your children beside you fighting with each other and have your husband ask you financial questions. You can answer those questions. You're going to be fine. That's what he said to me. And so I love that advice. And I, like, I understood what, totally what it meant on every level. And so when I got on that stage, I must admit, because I've been through that kind of a scene, uh, it was honestly easier than I could have ever expected. Basically, like, mm-hmm. if you can survive dealing with children, it's like, tank is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> get to know your business, give your pitch, sound good, mm-hmm. all, the, all the stuff. They have to like your mm-hmm. item, whatever. But if you can handle being a mom, you can absolutely handle being standing there on that stage in the tank. They're firing questions. You have to, like, figure out who you're going to answer first. It's not rocket science. They're not asking you to build, mm-hmm. a, bo- build a bomb. So, mm-hmm. so Yeah. Really, it was uh, honestly a lot of fun. And the way I've, I've explained it is like like that the heaviest doors with the biggest locks can come flying open like it's nothing when it's meant to be and you're in the right place at the right time doing the work and, and loving what you're doing. I, I just love that. And the mindset piece, I, I really want to bring it back here too because I know a ton of people, visibility is something I talk about a lot. And the fear i mean you know with the public whatever the public speaking quote is it's like the number one fear other than dying the the whole joke about you rather be in the cast than doing the eulogy or whatever yeah so that concept and um so i'm curious to know you're doing the mindset work and from what i know of the story too you were like seemingly calm as a cucumber you were an equal there you were a peer you knew what you were doing and you felt confident in the universe and all of the things to take care of you in whatever way unattached to the outcome However, we all have our blocks, right? We all have the things that we're constantly working on. So I'm curious, what, in, since you're further along in the spiritual journey, what is the stuff that you were working on when you showed up at Shark Tape? Were you nervous just like everybody else? Or, or was there a different level that you were working through that you had to bust through that you felt also helped open that space for abundance? Mm. You know, uh, I really did feel like I was bringing the show, I don't know the sharks, but the show, all the right stuff. I like, I was like already like settled on it. Like this is good television. (laughs) Pretty girl, cool company, cutting edge, knows what, you know, making some sales, not too big, but big enough to like realize that I'm doing something. Um, 
I was definitely had some concerns over the valuation and the amount of revenues I had going in, which were so super pathetic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did a little bit beaten up. At least he tried Damon John. Mm -hmm. And then the universe, God gave me just the right phrase that I also, by the way, learned right from these, this, this pre-pitch day. I met this other entrepreneur that had a slime business. And she said to me, I'm trying to come up with our valuation. She's like, yeah, how do you figure it out when it's a shark tank? You know, you have to treat that a little differently than a regular finance department. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said to me, you know, my husband's a financial analyst and we were talking and, and we said one sharp dollar as well as two regular dollars. Heard that. I said, I didn't think I was using it as a line. I was just like, that's so smart and that's it. Uh -huh. And so I went out on that stage and I claimed, which was true, that other investors were giving me this $500,000 for 10% of the business. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, why would you sell it to us for this and that for that? And I said, because one shark dollar equals five regular dollars. And I kind of flattered them and gave them what they wanted to hear. And it was a good bite for TV. So uh, yeah, I didn't know I was even using that line. I had the line canned that I was going to use that I did use in my after bit, which was, this business is a cash cow. We're making cash and we're saving the cows. I, I had that. I love that. I didn't even know I was going to say this other one. And anyway, mm -hmm. it all flowed just right. Mm -hmm. and thank God I made this deal with Mark and, uh, mm -hmm. and it's, it's been a very sweet process. So yeah, just mm -hmm. really owning it, loving it, being in a state of excitement and joy. I mean, when you say, you know, not having any attachment, I mean, was kind of attached to wanting mm -hmm. to get some kind of a deal to right, like right. You know, wanting for something to go on there. And, uh, and it did mm -hmm. as it, yeah. as it should, as it should. And I love how you mentioned too, about the other parts of your business that were joy for you and lit the fire in you. Like when you said you were cutting edge, cause this, what year was this that, that you were on? 2019. Right. Okay. So vegan was like out there, but not like, not like it is now. Sure. I mean, you certainly were at the, the forefront of that wave and I, I think that it was so genius of you in all of the conversations to be like, you want to be in on this conversation. Like your competitors will be. Don't miss it. And I think that's so cool. And so I would love for you to get to tell everybody a bit more, too, about the company, because I know we've talked a lot about you as the business owner and and mompreneurship and mindset and all that stuff. But for those who are listening who want to hear more about your why in terms of the business and what it really means to them to have Unreal Deli, whether that's, you know, getting it for their stores or, or just being a consumer and having it in their homes. Talk to us about that. Okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, Unreal Deli, all of our meats. I was pregnant with my third child when I bought this up. And so I didn't want it to be like Franken meat. I wanted it to be real food. Mm -hmm. So I used, I, I, I literally made a vegetable smoothie and then I mm -hmm. paired that in with protein, rich grains and spices. So the ingredient deck is like real food. Mm -hmm. And it tastes like really amazing deli meat because of certain things we do in the mm -hmm. factory, plus amazing spice blends we use. And, uh, and so that's kind of like the profile of the meat itself. But, um, but the way it really came about was um, I, I wasn't plant-based, vegan, vegetarian, none of it. Um, but I started, I had one Facebook friend that started sharing videos of what was happening to these animals on these farms. And not sure if you got the memo on this, but it is no bueno. Um, mm -hmm. It's not really no bueno. It's like a thousand percent unacceptable to everybody. And the only reason it continues is because it's done by, behind such closed doors. Because anyone who's ever enjoyed a puppy, petted a cat, like appreciated one bit of any kind of animal ever, 
<laughs> might might know that not only are they like sweethearts and that they don't want to hurt you, but that they <laughs> actually have distinct personalities and that they really love and that they like even fish, like they actually scientists recently realized that they sing songs to one another. Like what? Oh you know, like in like the 1700s, you could say, all right, these like dumb animals, they don't know anything. And like that was what we knew then. But now mm-hmm. there's like a mountain of evidence that mm-hmm. like just as sweet as that dog was that you knew growing up is every cow, every mm-hmm. chicken. I saw a video recently of a two-year-old in like Indonesia with like a chicken on its lap and she's giving it a bath and it's sitting there and it's like totally happy with her. Like all of them are such sweethearts and no one's mm-hmm. really okay with it. And certainly no one ever wanted to hurt an animal to eat a delicious sandwich. We just got kind of like sold this false bill of goods and they kept doing it behind such closed doors that we didn't know. And we got into this like crazy quagmire now where it's like everything we eat are like these three dead animals, basically. And it's really right. bonkers to even think that we eat dead animals. What? Um, Stop that. Right. Every time I get a bite, like when I, I, I totally went away from meat because even just when you get one of those bad bites and you're like, you think through, you think through what it is. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't. Like, hold on, thinking next. It's so gross. Through, but even bad bites are just period bad bites. So I remember telling my team when we introduced this one, uh-huh. I was like, no bad bites. Like, you, that you don't have an analyst. Yeah. You have no bad bites is already sellable. So, oh my God. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, so it started where I saw all these videos. My heart was like completely broken, you know. I don't recommend, by the way, my worst enemies see these videos. Just take my word for it. Once you start seeing some of them, then Facebook, Instagram is like, sure, this is the kind of content you want to see. So like, and then it was like already in too deep and you can't unsee it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. at first they said, I'm just going to go vegetarian. Then I saw videos of the egg farming, which Mm -hmm. literally includes chopping up baby chicks in a blender like the day they're born. Oh, male chicks that should be used for eggs. Okay, that's that. And, and, and dairy farming, which is where they take the babies away from the moms the day they're born. So heartbreaking. You can't even believe it. But really the point is that if you believe in like energy and frequency, or if you believe in like religion and God, you're not true with any of this because there's like trauma that goes into these animals. Then you're eating like you don't want to put that in your body. Okay. So fine. I came to all that realization. I told my very meat and potatoes husband, uh, listen, this isn't okay. And he said, what are you talking about? What else are we going to eat? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. And then for several years, I learned how to cook from the produce and grain sections of the grocery store, painstakingly learning how to cook. And then, um, and then I realized that I said to myself, all right, maybe this is like my, it really was my passion because after I went <laughs> vegan for the animals, I realized that like my skin got better. My kids got sick less. Everyone was sleeping better. Like so many other great things were happening that I said, okay, okay I really want to share this uh, with the world. So I wound up, we actually have a quick visitor. This is part I of love it. This is part of it, right? It yeah, is. Thank you. Oh my gosh, look at your blue eyes. This is one that was two months when I was on Shark Tank. Okay. Now I see you with the background. I'm not seeing everybody at once. You guys are gorgeous. All right. Give give her a snack, okay? Don't tell that. You're going to go get a snack with Pippi. All right, maybe she's... Okay. Okay. More than welcome to stay. This is is what we do here. This is what we do here, right? This is it. This is it. Oh my gosh, wait. First and foremost, they are gorgeous. 
Thank you. But I knew I wasn't going to have help in this like one hour. And I was like, all right, this is the place that I can be free tonight of help for that one. All right, thank you, Megan, for creating a safe space. Yes. Okay, back to it. Yeah, Um, your meat and potatoes husband, the family getting healthier. I mean, it's just like the dream. So I decide this is my passion. I'm going to do some kind of business on this. I'm going to make a vegan food blog that's never been made before. That's (laughs) so cool and funny and cute and smart. And it wound up being pretty much an epic fail. Because I did this and I ventured to make all these videos and put out content and I was deep in all these different cookbooks and I was really learning all these recipes. And so when I said to myself, I've got a good deli sandwich, I'll share that on my recipe blog. Mm-hmm. Um, that when I made it, friends and family were like, no, no, don't share this. That's not for sharing this mm-hmm. thing, sell this thing, you know? And then that's how Unreal Deli got started. I got the domain for like $4.99 or something. And here we are, just only a couple years later, and it's a massive success. I just, yeah, I love all of the behind the scenes of the story. And I love pairing it with, with the timeline because Kathy has taught me there's not like time is not a thing. But I think it's also just interesting, too, when you're in that thick of it. And I think sometimes us moms, we don't even know what day or year it is half the time. So we're like, how long has it been since I've been doing something or, or what that timeline looks like? And I mean, you're just such a testament to being in alignment, following your joy and doing that day in and de- day out with a good, clean, kind heart. And like the success that comes from that is so beautiful. For everybody who's listening, I would love for them to be able to follow you. And I know that they can easily find your products and that you're expanding so much so quickly. And, and you've made some big pivots, too, from like restaurants to retail. And so give them all the scoop for everybody who's listening, who obviously just fell in love with you and wants to support everything that you do. Tell them about where they can find you. Yeah. So unrealdeli.com is our website. There's a little button that says find near me where you'll see if we're in your town. We're in a lot of towns. We're in like uh, over 3000 doors today. So hopefully we're in your town. Um, but also at Unreal Deli on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. We're putting out lots of scrumptious plant-based sandwiches that you would never know look like the finest deli meat, taste like the finest deli meat. If you're in Los Angeles, there's a, a restaurant called Mendocino Farms that has an amazing sandwich with us on the menu. Um, but anyway, that's, that's where I am in LA. So uh, yeah, but otherwise, yes, we are in more and more restaurants and we're going to be growing more into that and lots of retail with our three deli meats. Thank you, Megan. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Jenny, you are so amazing. I so appreciate you coming on and, and just sharing yourself with us and your family and the dogs and like just the real life. If it's like no matter what level you're at, like this is it. This is it. And this is why we love it. And so I so, so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for creating such a sweet space to do all of this. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe and review so more mompreneurs can get in on this conversation. Connection is at the forefront of all we do, which is exactly why we've launched the Mompreneur Directory, a place where you can find your next client, collab partner, team member, or bestie who gets the life you're living. We've interviewed hundreds of mompreneurs who are trusted advisors in this network, and we want you to be a part of it too. So head to themompreneurguide.com directory to create your profile and find your home away from home. See you next time.